and you also told me earlier in our conversations that you also work and, and done some testing on live streaming. You want to talk a little bit short about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, this is a totally shifting gears away from the memory Alzheimer's stuff. Um, this was a project we just published, I don't know, two weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, and we were interested in the question of how is experiencing a live concert different from experiencing a streamed concert or watching a recorded concert. And so what we did is we had participants come um, to a concert. It was at my university. It was a university band and a army band. There was like a, an army base right next to our college. And so this is a collaboration with a guy from West Point at the U.S. Military Academy. And um, so that was our first question was the difference between a live concert and a stream concert. The second question was, um, is there, do, so the army band director was kind of interested in, you know, what kind of music do people like best when an army band plays? Do they want to hear like U.S. patriotic music or do they like to hear just other non, you know, generic music. So each band played two pieces of music. They each played a patriotic piece of music and a just generic band piece of music. And so during the music, we had participants rate how much they were liking the music. And so we had people do this live. And then we had uh, another set of participants come into the lab and watch the recorded version of the concert and do the ratings. And so what we found was that there was actually less difference between the live and the, the lab recorded condition that we expected. We saw very minimal differences. That's not to say that there's no difference between a live concert and a recorded one. There's not, there is, I mean, there's, there's difference. It's just, I think our measure, we were asking people, how much do you like this song? And I think people were, were able, I mean, they like, I think it's encouraging for right now during COVID suggesting that people do enjoy live, like recorded, uh, you know, video concerts if they can't go to the live thing. Did you ask conscious or subconscious? Did you measure conscious or subconscious? Yeah, we, no, we just had people rate. So it's an explicit rating. So we said rate, how much, you, how much are you enjoying the music right now at the present moment? And they use like a, slide, a scale on their cell phone where they would go like this to make more, they would spread their fingers to make more, say I like it more, or they would close their fingers and say I like it less. So people, they're, they, they would use the whole rating scale. So, and, and they didn't know, like the people in the lab didn't know that the alternative was a concert. You know, they didn't, we didn't have the same people do both. both yeah. um, so I think when, I think there might be, there's probably a difference if, you know, your alternative is going to a concert, you probably are going to rate the recorded version worse. Mm -hmm. But if the option is the recorded version, then I think you still like it. So I, I suspect that's why we didn't see a difference that because people didn't know the other condition was, an option um, that that when asked to rate this the video version, people still liked it. Um, well, if you but, don't ask both question, if you only ask one of them, but if you would ask them in in the same person, the two of them. Yeah. So if we had people, if we had the same person go to the concert and to the lab, they probably would like the lab worse because it's not <laughs> in the concert. But the reason we didn't do that is because we didn't want people to have heard the same. Like I've there, you know we wanted them to be hearing the pieces for the very first time. Cause then you have all these repetition effects and there would be an order effect. Like we couldn't, anytime you do an experiment where you have two conditions and the same people, you want to balance the order. You don't want everyone doing the concert first and then the lab second. And so we couldn't have balanced anyway. Yeah. We did, yeah. I don't want to get into the research methods <laughs> here, but, but yeah, so we did different groups. Yeah. Um, the, the takeaway is that people like, 
if if you don't have the option of going to a live concert, a recorded concert is a reasonable alternative that people will still like. Um, the main focus, though, of the main interesting result, I think that we found was that people liked, we call it congruent, um, but people liked the army band playing the patriotic song better than the non-patriotic song. And they liked the university band playing the non-patriotic song better than the patriotic song. So they seemed to like the pieces of music that were congruent or fitting with the band that our explanation is that people expect to hear an army band play military patriotic pieces. Um, and so I think that that, you know, has implications for programming bands, you know, determining what they're going to play yeah. kind of the idea of congruency, I think does fit with the branding, you know, idea no, that you want your whole, you want your audio and your visual to kind of match and, and have the same feel to it. Cause people like it better when you have this congruent kind of synchronous picture, I guess, the yeah. sound and yeah. the images are together. But this is why it's so interesting that, that, not just talk about research that is done on branding, but also like in other contexts, what it has to do with humans and the brain and the music to understand the importance uh, of the effect. Because sometimes people in branding, yeah, they, they don't really get it if you keep talking about the branding. But, but then I want to know, the last question is, what is your dream project? If you could just choose anything you dreamt about researching and with any brand or any whatever what would that be yeah it's a really good question it's so funny i feel like we're we're kind of limited you know by feasibility um so thinking about like dreaming big um <laughs> it's not something i really do i guess not to say that i think small but um i think my like kind of getting back at the whole question about why does music work in patients with Alzheimer's disease, I would probably pursue something along that lines, like doing some systematic research, drawing from my stuff that I did with like the music and memories from the billboard charts and the faces. I would probably do more work on that line, looking at it with persons with Alzheimer's disease, um, really trying to get at how does music work to revive memories, to trigger memories, I guess. Um, what certain aspects of a person make them well suited to these types of music? Um, and I would love to work with like music therapists to actually work on developing like interventions based on basic research to help use music in a more effective way to, um, you know, kind of evoke memories and associated emotions in this population. I would probably do a series of experiments looking at that, those kind of questions. Amy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking about all your important research, really. Yeah, this was great. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. You're welcome. And if people want to learn more about you and read uh, your research more in depth, how can yeah, they get out to you? They can go to my website. It's just amybelfi.com. Um, my contact information's on there. Feel free to um, reach out via email if they have any questions i'm always happy to talk about these types of things with people lovely thank you very much thanks so much well that's all for today's episode of the power of audio science and ai i'm jasmine Moradi, your host and thank you very much for listening don't forget to subscribe and support by sharing this content on your social media this episode is supported by stockholm music city